0: yeah uh. the next to do it in my city they know it high level conversations with politicians and lawyers
1: good people good people welcome back welcome back to the casting pearls my name is jory miller and i am excited to be before you again with another episode of casting pearls today i have the honor of having my good friend and brother mahan he is a awesome real estate investor uh, he resides in the Hampton Roads area, and he's been killed in real estate. I can't wait to know, uh, have him tell his story to you all, cast pearls, so you all can be blessed and be able to flourish and prosper uh, and do all that good stuff, right? Because he has some gems, right, that he's going to drop. Uh, real quick, right? So as you all know, cast and Pearls, I'm all about just being transparent. And giving you tools, equipping you with information, putting you in front of people in my network, people who I've sought after who have helped me or I think can help you. All right. So, again, cast and pearls. I'm uh, just trying to give you the jewels so you can go apply them and be great. All right. So I'll start this podcast by asking. Well, one, again, reintroducing uh, Mahan and letting you all know why I have him here in front of me. So, Mahan, just so you know, I sought you out, one, because like uh, you are you part of my story you know you are a part of my story um you are i want to say maybe one of the first and only one of the first people that are my age and you you're younger than me right that I, but I but I've seen go through phases from a agent to developing a team right to then being a broker now you're like now you're the CEO right and and just you're a you're a guy that people have to mention when they mention real estate in Hampton Roads.
0: Oh, thank right? you.
1: So cool. now, so I, I saw, I, and I know you have a, a tremendous value. You've always been a go getter, and I've always um, just really appreciated your consistency and your resilience. Right. Um, and also your posture. You're very humble, right? But at the same time, you show up and you get results all in the same time. So, oh, Mahan. How
0: you doing today? Well, I'm blessed. You know, I uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. You know, I always respect you. I always uh, you're one of my favorite people. I always stay in contact with. Um, yeah, and I, you know, me being here today talking with you, it's uh, it's an honor.
1: Awesome. Nah, nah, I appreciate it, man. So, Mahan, tell the people, so I'll, this is a, a little a framework for my podcasting, right, that I've uh, I figured out. So, we're going to talk. I've already said the who. Uh, we're going to get into the what and the why and the how and get some expert uh, advice from Mahan as it pertains to real estate and life and things like that. Again, the man has a lot of value to, to give. So, Mahan, tell the people about your resume. Read off your resume. What's your occupation? What do the people uh, of uh, people who know you, they don't know you,
0: what should they know you for? Well, um, my, uh, my, uh, I'm, I usually go by the fix your upper guy. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I've built a brand around it. You know, I've, I've grown my company, Divin real estate group. And at the same time, I've built a personal brand, the fixer upper guy because I always wanted people to think of me when I think of a fixer upper home, and then you know I I they could bring me the the leads that we could convert into a potential projects rental fix and flips or you know yeah. a long term a long term multi family commercial buy and hold. I'm 28 years old as of today. Uh, on about 128 rental units uh, valued around 17 million dollars. You do how many million? Uh, the portfolio is valued about $17 million. Yeah. Um, nice, nice, nice. Thank you. Uh, and then, you know, we have pretty decent equity and there is about 50% around that number uh, in equity. So we bought them well below market value and obviously slowly increased the value and um, did some forced appreciation and uh, we bought them on the market value. So that's that's the reason we have a 50% equity um or loan to value on our portfolio and then Mahan real I- quick Go ahead. so
1: quick question uh just Go gonna put a pause real quick for people who don't know what loan to value market market loan to value market value and forced appreciation right yes. um when it comes to real estate can you expound
0: on that for uh for the people real quick well, force appreciation is one of my favorite strategies, and it's it's really doable with real estate, where it's a tangible asset, and you control the value of your assets, especially the ones that they haven't been um, improved over time, or they're not well kept, or they're they're mismanaged. Uh, investors like myself, where you know we like to make improvement to the properties and keep them in good condition over time. What we do is we go ahead and, you know, buy a multifamily that's treated as a commercial building and it's a commercial property and they're treated as a business. And we take those Mm -hmm. and by making improvements to the landscaping, to the exterior of the building, just overall quality of uh, living conditions for the tenants and getting to and reducing the expenses over time, we are increasing the, um, the revenue and reducing the expenses. So we are gonna have better PLs. Better PLs in commercial building equals a higher value. So we force appreciate the property within a six-month to a year. We increase the value by a million dollars, two million dollars, or you know, five hundred thousand dollar on commercial building. And then, you know, loan to value is the amount of loan that you get, you know, uh, based on the value of the property. So 50% loan-to-value is 50% debt, 50% equity. Or that equity also includes the money that I personally put into it, includes the construction money that I put into it, and the difference profit that we made in between those numbers, all the costs aside and then the new value. So I don't know if that makes sense. Nice,
1: nice, indeed. And just for simple uh, simple numbers, uh, what Mohan is saying on his portfolio, if a value if this portfolio is worth a hundred thousand, uh, 50,000, he, with 50,000, he purchased the properties, he fixed them up. Right. And he did not exceed $50,000. So he still has another, another $50,000 remaining in equity. Right. Um, so again, 50% loan to value, uh, and that's a, that's a tremendous position to be in oh my god like that's that's again a tremendous position to to be in a lot of people want to not exceed uh 70 percent loan value or 75 percent loan value crazy people don't want to exceed 80 percent of loan value which is insane to me when you're talking about acquisitions but uh again some people know uh do what they have at different strategies man but uh awesome bro so man so you own these properties and you again you reside in hampton roads yeah
0: yeah Currently in Hampton Roads, I live in Virginia Beach, um, and um, I I really like this area. It's a uh, it's it's a great market for real estate investors. It's a great market for anybody to purchase and have a solid appreciation over time, just because of the supply and demand that we have in our market. That's always mm-hmm. um, you know short in supplies and always high high in demand. That's just kind of help people um you know just a any you know, anybody to purchase a home and sell it at profit obviously purchase at the right price and hold it a few years and then sell it uh, with a profit so i really like this area
1: nice nice so things have haven't always been like this uh can you tell us about your come up story right tell us about your your timeline where did it all begin
0: for you well um i came here in 2014 um, I, um, I started going to school. I went to ODU, uh, you know, I, growing up in, in traditional families, you know, where, where I come from you only have like two options or three options. You either want to, you have to become a doctor, you have to become a lawyer, or you have to become an engineer. Right. So, you know, according to my dad, you know, with the influence right. from the family, I started studying nursing uh, to be able to afford to go to medical school to become a doctor, and you know, after that, I you know i I wasn't prepared for how much it costs to go ahead and to go and go to school and finish school, and I didn't really want to get student loans um and that's not something I just wanted to do at the time. so I decided to drop out and at the same time start community college with like a few um credits to just keep it going while I just work and uh, make money to save for school. And during that time, you know, just having the financial hardships that I had, you know, I you know, I was crashing on a friend's couch, just paying for the utilities. You know, I, I wasn't able to get a job because I didn't have a car. I wasn't prepared to pay for the, you know, uh, how much it cost as an out-of-state student. So I dropped out, um, started looking for jobs, and took a few credits at a community college, which was in a different city. So I had to wake up at 5 a.m. take a bus to be able to go to the classes by 8 o'clock. So I was I would I had to change like three different um, buses before I could get to the community college, and I didn't have a car, so it was really hard to get a job. But I started going to the classes, um, and I started walking around. I would walk from Norfolk to Virginia Beach and ask every single gas station and places that I would see if they're hiring and I would just get a copy of their application.
1: That's a far walk, by the way, for people who don't know. Like, were you like on Military Highway or something? Or where were, were Virginia like...
0: Beach Boulevard mostly, you know, just coming up from Virginia Beach Boulevard making a turn on... um. Holland Road and South Independence going up all the way to the beach.
1: Yeah. Hey man. I, so, hey, I, I salute you, bro. Uh even, even more. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that. I knew you had a story, man. So what happened once you got the job at the gas station?
0: You know, before I get the job, you know, I had like $280 in my account. Uh, you know, I I I always trusted God and his plans, you know. I I I called my mom and I was crying and I explained to her, I was like, hey, I I don't want to come I, I can't stay and I don't want to give up because mm-hmm. God brought me here for a reason. I just have to maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe I'm not putting myself in a position to um, you know, just kind of see his vision, see his plan for me. Just growing up, I didn't really ask for help a lot from the family. we were just more asking for advice. And that's just how I, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted it to be. So I did end up getting a job at a gas station. You know, I, you know, this is the story was I got on a bus. I didn't have money to pay the bus driver. So I said, hey, can I just get on and go to Virginia Beach with you? And I was just super, super just um, you know, I didn't have any more hopes left. Um. So I got to the station yeah. and you know, I I started praying and I you know I you know I said God you know I just this this was a low moment for me. I said hey you know I saw a bird and then you know anytime I saw anything flying and I see it I start praying and I say you know God just kind of show me like let me to do something for me here. And then last gas station I went the guy asked me he was like you know what's what's he, he pretended he's not the decision maker but you know I, I asked him hey if he's hiring he was like yeah but what's the first thing that you need to be do before you work behind my cash register you know I told him honesty and he was like okay we'll come back tomorrow and then I keep calling and calling and calling finally he gave me the job and um that's that was the first time I got a job and when I got that job I was able to then in between the two shifts that I was working, ask the people that would come to the gas station, to the store, if they want their yard cut or if they want like their people would take me to their houses, so I would pack the stuff in their attic or pack them, you know, help them move stuff around or cut their yard and stuff. And I would work from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. In, in between. I'll take some side jobs and then go back 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. seven days a week. except nice. so,
1: okay okay man so okay so i'm'm'm I'm gonna I'm 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 make a note here the actual question because I think this is really cool um and a little bit different um uh, about you you know I think you have to have some intangible gifts and disciplines right so you uh, in order to get to where you go from 280 dollars to seventeen million right so yeah. did you have like what were some key some key people who played uh, a role in your life at this point are some key books read or just some moments that you remember vividly, right. Um, Working alongside of people, maybe, I don't know. Uh, You are married, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. So I, um, you know, uh, having a partner uh, next to you that believes in you, no matter what position you're in, and I, I think the fact that I had my wife next to me and she always supported me, she always trusted me, you know, it, it was for us, it was never about money. It was more of like the life we wanted to design to live together. And we were willing to do whatever it takes together to be able to achieve that life that we wanted, you know, the, the house, the lifestyle, not again, anything with the possessions, just having that freedom to be able to do what we like to do with people we like to do at the time and at at places we want to do it at so you know she she always supported me my wife always supported me she would come to the gas station with me and I, I used to work like a lot so I would be exhausted in the mornings because I had like 18 hour shifts or 16 hour or 14 hours and then so she would hold the register from 6 a.m. to 8 so I can sleep in the car. And then we would switch. Then she would go sit in the car or, you know, come sit in the gas station with me. And then I would just take on the register until I was done. Then we would go have some lunch and stuff. And then she would go home and she would come back and pick me up at at night. Um, And this was after i worked there for 6 months to a year being able to save up some money to buy a 99 honda accord off of craigslist so then we can you know you know commu- commute between work and home to be able to um, keep the job per support during that time it was you know it was the biggest blessing that i had because what i believe and this is very important to me the right partner could help you go places you can't imagine by giving you the confidence, by believing in you, by, you know, just helping you get back on track. A lot of times, if you're not with the right partner, they will actually get you off track. They'll create mental challenges that you will lose focus. And when you lose focus, you're not able to focus on your dreams. You're going to get off track. And, you know, it's it's very important to have the right partner. So, Keep that in mind that having the right partner really helped me just focus on, you know, improving. And, you know, we were both on the same page. I I told you before we would be in the cooler, filling up the cooler with beer and drinks and at the same time listening to books like Brian Tracy or Rich Dad Poor Dad or any other book that I would find free on YouTube. I'll just play it. She would be taking notes. Or I would be taking notes and we'd go home and put it on the wall or we would just, you know, uh, keep reading over it. I still have the notes from 2015, 2016. Um, and we we would just do that. And starting reading those books kind of helped me to think, well, you know, that's great. I got a job now. You know, now now we could afford to have a car, afford to rent a place. But this is not the life that I that we wanted. That you know, it's not to just kind of make fifteen hundred dollars a month, and then our expenses are fourteen ninety five. You know, it's it, and then just wait for the next paycheck and the next paycheck and the next paycheck, and you can never do anything except just taking a ride to the ocean front, or you know, just once a month go and have have a dinner out. So we, just feeding ourselves those uh, you know helpful information. Over and over and over and again, and, you know, praying and asking God for guidance, asking God to, you know, show us the way to more blessings in life, more freedom financially, more, um more happiness, and just kind of like living, living life the way that we wanted. And also taking action helped us, you know, slowly transition from the gas station job and getting to like real estate and keep the same work ethic and um consistency and never giving up to a point that we keep building slowly over and over and over again and support each other because when i'm out at home i don't have to worry about anything you know um so when did you actually so
1: you guys took action let um you said you guys took action right uh when the opportunity presented itself you guys were praying for the opportunity when so i imagine the opportunity was real estate so uh, did you always have knowledge of real estate and know what real estate can do for you?
0: or So how did real estate again fall into your lap? So when I wanted uh, to take take a step out of the gas station thing, so I was like, you know, let, let me just quit and go become a server. And I did, I, mean, I got a really bad job. So I had to quit. And then we actually ended up going to a extended stay. And we were staying there. Then I got another serving job while I was doing that. And we were just looking for a new place, which we did. And we prayed over it. And I told her, hey, I'm going to get us a more expensive home that we can't even afford at the moment because I trust this something good is going to happen soon. And we have to push ourselves. We have to be prepared for it. We have to be asking for it because I'm not afraid of anything. I'm going to make this work. You said something that was
1: very most people don't put themselves in a situation right where they will go and have to get results right and it's not as though you put yourself in a situation in a financial like kind of potential financial hardship right by going and get a bigger home but it was a necessity you know like so like you didn't go and say i'm gonna go buy a lamborghini and i'm gonna and we're gonna live in a lamborghini and uh you know we're not gonna be homeless again <clears throat> because I'm going to make this Lamborghini work. I'm going to you know, do what it takes to keep this thing. You know, again, like you did so out of survival, but again, putting yourself in a better situation. So can you talk me through real quick about the mentality that you had to possess in order to be okay with making that kind of decision and the decisions that followed that decision
0: to get you where you are now? You know, I... Um... I really believe in taking educated risk um mm-hmm. and just trusting God. You know, it's i I knew for a fact I could like pick up a lot more shifts and support that. Just just I believe putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation really help you grow if it's done right and if it's done through like smart investments or smart type of moves or investing in your business and i think that really comes with self-awareness if i know myself and if i know i can put myself on edge or survival mode for a certain amount of time that's why you know steve jobs or i don't know who said it you know say always stay hungry if i put myself on that edge Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get into survival mode. And when a human being gets into survival mode, uh, it's um uh, it's a different story because now you either do or die, you're gonna take you're gonna do whatever it takes. You know, it's not there's no reason for any comfortable thoughts or action to come in play. You're gonna wake up at five a m. You're gonna be out there until like eleven p m because you have to make it happen. And if you um uh, and if you don't, you know you know you're gonna fail your family. so that I I learned from when I started, when I started making some moves to put myself in that situation. Uh, educated, you know, risks obviously, and that really helped me to grow in a short amount of time because I was I was never I was always money hungry, but I was never money focused. You know, my my focus was freedom. My focus was providing a life that I believe my wife and my children deserve. And I was willing to do whatever it takes to be able to achieve that. So long hours of work did not bother me. You know, just a thousand different rejections did not bother me at all. So it was just a matter of I know it had to happen and I will make it happen no matter what. And it's still the same same thing to this day.
1: So speaking of being the same thing to this day, do you think you're still in survival mode?
0: no can i you, have this a, some,
1: this mindset like can you click it on click it off to get do what you need to do i get done what you need to do, uh, get done i like get the result like are again like are you feel like you you've arrived um i uh,
0: i've had a conversation with a friend you know i set some goals about 3 to 5 years ago then i achieved those goals and just kind of was a a a a moment of um r- relaxation for me like hey you know I achieved those goals and now I'm just gonna um relax and then immediately I felt lost because you know I, I didn't feel like I have purpose I didn't have anything to I didn't have anything to go after so you know in that moment right. I learned that I really like making progress so that's why people say I fell in love with the journey not the destination because when you get to the destination, And especially if you set small goals, then you're just not going to feel fulfilled because Mm -hmm. you just got there and that's it. So now I am in love with making progress and, you know, falling in love with the journey. So like, you know, I enjoy coming to the office. I enjoy coming in and, you know, closing deals and talking to the sellers or like making improvements to the properties. That's what I enjoy to do on a day to day. And, I still do put myself in uncomfortable situations to be able to even push further and grow because we're always growing. We're always learning. I'm learning every single day, and there's new things that I learn still to this day. Um, and that really just was my new mentality. You know, no matter how much money you're making, you shouldn't get uncomfortable to put it on the side. You still have to make sure everything is running smoothly and you're learning new things and you're adding more systems or more properties to be able to not continue growing. You can never stop growing. It's just that's as a man I think that's very important.
1: Nice, nice. So what are some things that like you know you you elevated right over the because I left I left Virginia in twenty nineteen um and we were at one brokerage together left one broker went to another um but you know you were you went from mahan the agent to mahan the te- have the the team lead to mahan the broker and now mahan the ceo right what uh at what point along this timeline this journey that really like catapult you like what what happened uh in the know investment real estate investment that space or you know you may realize that I don't want to do transactional real estate like the brokerage per se. I want to now focus on this. Like what are some things that made you want to shift and what things made you uh be able to uh catapult your business?
0: Well um when I had a team um there was a lot of overhead. You know, I had mm-hmm. like 10, 15 people at some point, and you know, we were doing seven figures in income, but we had like a huge overhead, and like, I my hours were crazy, and it was a lot of people around me, a lot going on always at the same time that would drain my energy. And I was getting wrong advice from wrong people that were pushing me in a direction that will benefit them at the end. Uh, what really kind of got me going was you know I want to keep my circle private and small I want to only surround myself with people that they're you know achieve high levels of success in their life you know starting from nothing and they they were able to achieve that and I wanted to focus more on passive income because that's something that I you know I I wanted to do because it's it's mailbox money, you know, it comes in every single month without you having to deal with as much as problems or as much as challenges that you would do with an active income producing business, right? So but that really just kind of got me to make a transition to become a full-time investor and just completely put the retail side on the side and just not really have a team i mean you could have systems and processes in place and have it you know like a a efficient team going and making money but i was always passionate about numbers and uh you know just fixer uppers you know just turning properties around so i had to follow that vision and i i didn't really see myself managing other people but i Did see myself like, you know, having some trusted people around me, a trusted property manager, a trusted acquisition manager, a trusted lender, and have good relationships with them and grow with them over time. And at the same time, purchase properties that stay there forever and produce income and growing value. And the tenants pay down the loans and I get tax benefit from them. So it wasn't really comparable. I had to sit down with myself and I, you know, I really went over my vision. I prayed about it and I knew that moment that that's, that's the direction that I want to go. And that's the best decision I've ever made because um, having the option, having financial freedom, just having that in the back of your head, it gives you a lot of confidence, a lot of peace of mind in life, especially with a family. And, you know, I'm happy. I was able to achieve that also when I had a real estate team, you know, just getting involved in the whole, everything that was going on in the market with like competing with other teams, it was a lot of ego. That's why we spent a lot of money on, marketing and science and all the other stuff. It wasn't really confidence. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of work, smaller payday, but again, high volume of sales. But now it's it's more about confidence it's more about giving it's more about peace it's more about passion it's more about you know just living the life that you want without caring what anybody else would say or think of you because this is how you like to live it because you don't owe you don't owe it to anybody to put on any face so you just get accepted in an industry you just live it and you do your business this way you present yourself this way you um You have a certain structure of who you want to do business with. And you don't change that structure because you have passive income coming in. You don't have to change that structure to fit in anybody else's box to be able to do business with them. And I think that's the biggest blessing that I have in my business right now. Because we could be selective on who we do business with.
1: Who do you want to do business with? Like who is your avatar, whether it be on the investor side or like partnership side or, you know, the target audience that you're trying to reach when you, you know, sell your product, your, you know, the homes, whatever. Right. But they like, who you say that I want to do business with blank, blank, blank. Who are these people?
0: Right now I, I do a lot of business with people who are just very, very successful people. Like when it comes to like partnerships, You know, these are people that own $10 million, $100 million portfolios. There's a guy that worth, he sold his company in California for $110 million. There is a guy, he's a good friend of mine. He had like 14 ice cream shops in town. If I'm not mistaken, that's the number. I have another friend of mine that owned almost half of Portsmouth downtown. That owns one of the biggest commercial buildings in Norfolk with government contracts, making a lot of money, and most of the time he's traveling. Um, just these are the type of people that I like doing business with. Um, and I, the other side of it, like on the operation side, I like to do business with people that they're loyal, and I can trust them, and I can close my eyes and say, hey, I don't have to worry about you. I don't have to keep watching my back. And I'm very selective with those people because they also could, you know, make your, break your business. So that's why I bring in one or two guys at the same time. And I watch them very closely and I, and I, and I give them the freedom, you know, you can go ahead and do this and do that and just kind of see how they do it because having one person that does quarter million or half a million in income or having 10 people or 20 people that make t- uh, a year, it's, you know, it's just not comparable. I would rather have that one or two people that do have a million dollar, a quarter million dollar in income. And I'm close with them. I go out with them and I, I, I trust them in my circle. And I don't have to be careful with anything that comes with operation. As far as everything else, I bring in like independent contractors, for example, bookkeeper, property manager, and banker or any other like co- uh, construction crew, they coming in, they do their work is you know, and then they get paid. If they don't do good work, they go and hire somebody else to do the work. But people who are close to me, <laughs> all right, very selective. And that that's been that's been helpful because help with your peace, it help with your um, just kind of help you be around people with good energy that want you to win, see you win and actually get happy. And that's uh, that's very important, believe it or not. You could have a lot of friends around you, but which one of them will help you win? Which one of them will, you know, uh, actually get happy when you're making progress in life? And that's very rare to find.
1: Nice. So on this journey, like what are some things that are worth, that you had to unlearn and relearn right to like to position yourself where you are are some things that do no, just off the bat i had to stop operating like this
0: so i think um you should be careful who you take advice from i took advice mm-hmm. i i'm a person that easily trust people because i i want to see the good in everybody so and I always value everybody because, you know, that's how I was raised. So I, I valued and trusted the wrong people along the way, thinking that they're the best for me, but it wasn't like that. So really learning human emotions and being self-aware and keeping your circle small. And also I spent a lot of time building teams. So I would just do more research, see what's best going to fit my personality or what I really trying to achieve. So building a big team or big operation wasn't something I was interested in. I want a big portfolio, but I don't want to be on the operation side or overseeing anything. Um. So that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I would, I would do those two things.
1: Nice. I have this question, right. That I asked or I say, um, I know you never would have thought blank, blank and blank, but I find that I kind of you know, rephrase the question um, to say I've always knew blank, blank and blank. And I rephrase the question to read like that, because I find that a lot of times with us entrepreneurs are people who are purpose driven. We are dreamers and we want to elevate our life and take our life from here to here and with this vision you you know it consists of certain things right and these things are the blank blank and blank whether it be the lifestyle uh you know my fitness what whatever like some things you always knew so whenever they manifested into your life or god no god bless you with them right You're, you're you're you weren't surprised about these things so what are a few things that you always knew that your life would be like this are you planning
0: intentionally for it to be like this? What are a few things? I I designed it. You know, again, It's it's all glory to God. It's all a thing to Him. But this is the vision that I had, and you know, I we we talked about this. I believe you know you gotta have a, um, you gotta have a destination mm-hmm. where you want to go. When when you when you when praying to God, you know, you can just say, God, hey, I want um. Just, just give me wealth and health. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's not something how I pray. I'm very specific about what, you know, we're requesting, what we're praying for, what we're grateful Mm -hmm. for. And it's very detailed. And then, you know, what we need to put in the work for because. You give God the destination, you're willing to do whatever it takes, and, you know, he will guide you there. You know, you still have to walk the walk, but, you know, he will tell you which way you need to go to be able to get there as soon as possible. He'll protect you from all evil that could come to, you know, your path. I always knew years, years before the life that I'm living today, I was visualizing it. And I know for a fact, if I pray for it, if I'm grateful for what I have, uh Definitely. it's gonna continue happening and we're gonna continue to have these blessings. Um, I just think this it's the blueprint, and everybody can follow that blueprint and get the same result before because if you pay attention, all these success coaches all this mentors and all this books they all talk about the same thing but just some more technical some more with science as you know scientific information and some with right. you know it's different same but by the end of the day everybody says work hard and you know, have a good mindset be grateful for what you have and just learn skills and now i simplified that and according to my personality, I was designed a blueprint that works for me, and I designed the same blueprint that works for my business, and I I keep moving forward. So I know when it comes to houses, we've done it so many times. I think we got like four houses to buy yesterday, and out of four, I haven't seen any of them and then you know but right. i've done video calls i've done pictures and is you you have those numbers and everything figured out and you've done it so many times you can look at it and say okay this is what i want, won and this is how many deal i need to buy to be able to hit that number when i hit that number this is how many buying holds that i need to purchase to generate this cash flow then this is my life expenses now my cash flow covers my life expenses now my wife and kids, they love traveling. So we're going to travel more. I personally love cars. I'm going to buy a car that I like because I enjoy driving it. I My wife wants to live in a waterfront house or wants to live in a farm. That's what I'm going to go ahead and look for. Um, And, and at the same time, I want to stick to that blueprint. The blueprint is going to stay the same. The numbers, the goals, the stuff. That you want is just going to change. You got to update that every single year. And that's what we do. We have our goals and daily goals, yearly goals, quarterly goals. Always we review that and we update it as we go. So we don't, we just keep making progress.
1: Nice, bro. What? So when you said that, like, hey, like just yesterday, you closed on four homes, right? and you didn't see any of them. And you no, know, I had a call this morning, actually. I think I got a call this afternoon uh, with a guy because I'm you know just looking at some more legion operation uh, approaches um for my acquisitions, right so but the fact that you bought four houses yesterday, right?
0: Well, to correct you there, I got four houses for on the contract. Purchase you got four houses
1: under contract, so yeah. there's four potential deals which yeah. you are well, will close and buy uh, purchase in the in the future. Six to eight houses this month, yeah. And it is February sixteenth. Yes. Nice. So my question is for those watching, what like what are some key things you have in place? systems like what operating like are you cold calling are you texting are you sending mailers like how are you like transacting like what do these transactions looks like these conversations look like the solicitation looks look like in order to get four properties under contract and to be able to potential close on on these properties and scale your portfolio the way you've been doing it
0: i'm um I'm always watching. You know, I I have a sales team. Obviously, we do go call, we do the marketing, any type of marketing strategy. You, it's out there. We're doing it, so we pick up one or two from each different strategy. Right? It's no magic pill, right. magic secret that, uh, it's out there that's gonna get you, uh, a lot of deals. Uh, but one thing that we do is, we never stop looking you know, we're constantly communicating. We're constantly communicating with the sellers, with agents, with wholesalers. So I know every single deal that gets pushed out either on MLS or off market. I'm pretty sure I know every single one of them and we act quickly. So a lot of investors, oh, my contractor comes out and this, I have my acquisition manager on the appointment within 30 minutes. Within 30 minutes, they're going to have an offer from me, cash, ready to close, 7 to 14 days. And us just knowing what properties we're going to buy, and our numbers, our construction, everything is outlined. We have good experience. So we collect all different lead sources, and we act quickly, Mm -hmm. and we build good relationships. Like, you know, I had this morning before you call me, I had a... uh, Real estate agent, she's a good friend of mine. Her and her family, I've done business with them over time. You know, she found off-market property. She called me. She said, you know, this is the number we need to be at. I didn't call anybody else. I don't want to get any offer from anybody else. This is ARB. Are you good to go? We did a video call. I told her send the contract. Now that deal is gonna make forty, fifty thousand dollars. We did another seller. She gave us the deal for $1. It was a lot. We turned it around and signed it at $32,000. Um, and just that we followed up with that seller. Over a dollar. A dollar. Yeah. A, One, a dollar. 000.
1: Yeah. Why would someone sell a property that is
0: worth
1: 32000 for a dollar?
0: motivation you know she was motivated to let it go you know um i'm gonna show you this so you can see it um and with the obviously attorneys i'm gonna cover the i don't know if you're gonna see it i'm gonna cover the address but if you see yeah uh uh, hold up. okay so you see it says one dollar and it's right on yeah yeah The purchase price, $1. Yeah. And then the sales price settlement. Wow. That's the price smallest. Price. And they're out there, you know. Uh, That's the smallest big... hood I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so we we do stuff <laughs> like that. But again, it's really, we do every different strategy. Very relationship-based. We act really quickly. Um. And we have our money ready, our construction crew ready, our team is ready my my main guy, he's extremely hungry. he's uh, you know i can I can call and say, "Hey, we got a deal. You need to be in Williamsburg like you need to leave right now." And he'll be on the road like right away. so because we we're, we're trying yes. to out we're trying to like really stand out when it comes to like the speed of we get things done because this is a competitive market obviously you can make good money flipping houses or wholesaling houses or buying multifamily, but it's who acts quicker and puts the deal in escrow now a lot of times um me somebody offers a higher price however um And we lose on deals, but, you know, we always tell people we're fair and I'm not going to buy overpriced deals to just buy deals. I don't have the best numbers when it comes to making offers, but I act the quickest. It's a simple, easy process. It goes to the attorney. You're not going to hear anything from the attorney until, like, it's the day of closing. And it gets done that quickly.
1: That's incredible. What is a a misconception that people have about, entrepreneurship or business and in general?
0: A couple of things. People are owned by their businesses. Do not Mm -hmm. let your business run you. You're supposed to run your business. A couple of things. People are owned by their businesses. Do not Mm -hmm. let your business run you. You're supposed to run your business. The hustle culture says, hey, you have to do it all. You have to multitask. You have to take on more and more and more and more. If your whole lifestyle is owned by your business, by your career, you're not really living. Don't get stuck in your business. A business is not meant to be your life. It's meant to be a tool that you could use to then live. Living is very important because a lot of people forget to do that because we get caught up in obviously making improvements, but we get used to it. We always, obviously, want to keep growing and growing, and growing. We get used to it. We forget to live. So make sure you don't. Your business doesn't own you. You have an exit plan. how uh, you know when to get out, and you design a system up front with an opportunity for yourself to take a step back. You know, if 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 you run a real estate company, either hire the right people or just. Make a lot of money for five to 10 years, buy passive income properties. Don't over leverage yourself and maybe buy payoff properties, whatever, however you want to structure it. But then you have an option to take a step back to pursue the life you're passionate about, not the life that you got used to because you got used Mm. to hustle culture. You just make sure you kind of stay true to yourself and you stay healthy mentally, physically, And spiritually, at the same time, build your financial independence and your financial freedom, but don't let money be your main focus. So that's what I would say. It's something that I'm glad I figured out at some point in my career because I was that guy where I was obsessed and lost in the world of business and ego and greed and just trying to do it all and satisfy all and do business with all and kind of like just chasing the next bigger check. But finding yourself and knowing, well, this is good and I want to make progress and I want to improve. But at the same time, I want to work out. I want to eat healthy. I want to travel. I want to wake up and dance with my kid this morning. I want to wake up and today just lay down on the grass and just take sunshine for 30 minutes. No, hey, I have to wake up. Let me smoke a cigarette, chug it. 24-ounce cup of coffee and just run all day and get home at like 10 p.m. or 7 p.m. That my mind is filled with all the stuff that I put into it all day. Now, I don't have no time for my family, no time for my kid. So I'm not going to invest in my health. I have no time to go to the gym, no time to read a book, no time to pray or meditate or do anything that I'm passionate about or any hobbies. I'm just a robot. Now, I'm not saying anything is anything wrong with doing that because you're sacrificing three to five years to be able to design a lifestyle that you want. But make sure between that three to five years that you do that, you know when it's time to get out. So that's what always do the workout, read the books and pray and read the Bible to make sure you never lose touch with what actually matters in this life. It's not about money. It's about living a life that you design in your own terms and doing, just truly finding out what God put you on this planet to do. If I was to give like, you know, um, some practical steps into kind of structure the life and your goals and plans would be, number one would be set a reason and why that, why you want to live the life that you want to do and why would you sacrifice your time and your freedom in order to achieve that. And make sure you have clear vision of where you're trying to go, the, the destination that you setting, the goal is yearly, quarterly, or you know, a decade from now, what lifestyle you want to live and what you want to be doing, how much money you're trying to make, and be very specific about those goals. And It will be like educate yourself so you're actually always learning those skills that's going to help you to get there and pray about it. Be mentally prepared, see yourself there and be emotionally prepared and then put in the work and then create relationships on the way that's going to help you with other people that share the same vision. You know, the business people, the people who want to be where you want to be at the same time or people who are already there and they just want to help you out. So these are very important, but all of these come with a structure, with a vision, with a plan that you need to design. Because if you don't have a life that you designed yourself, a vision and a goal, then you're just going to go ahead and consume everything that media is feeding you or other people are feeding you or somebody else will design it for you. So if you don't stay disciplined um, to your goals, you're going to be basically taking a little pieces of here and there from everybody else that's trying to influence you in different direction. So I think discipline is the ultimate form form of freedom because no amount of influence can change the way that you want to live your life, your values in your in your life. Let's just say you want to wake up every single day at five o'clock in the morning, right? And you want to never drink alcohol. So no matter how many times, a friend is telling you, let's go drink, or a a media is pushing drinking and doing drugs, they're just feeding people's mind, you're disciplined. You have the ultimate freedom because no amount of influence from outside world is going to change the way you decided to live your life. No amount of influence is going to change the way you want to eat or the way you want to work out or keep a healthy body no matter how much the media is pushing hey don't worry about being overweight or don't worry about eating healthy food just eat junk food you know or just do alcohol and drugs and all the stuff you see in the movies you don't get influenced by that because first of all that's the information you feed in your brain number two is your discipline living life on your own terms with the values that you want to live not what other people are telling you. So that, for me, is ultimate uh, freedom.
1: Indeed, bro. I think I love that, man. Um, I love love that. And what I've learned also, kind of speaking on the same topic, is that saying yes to something that is not aligned or conducive to your end goal or where you're trying to go, you're also saying yes to the delay right you're accepting delay okay if i say yes to i'm gonna go and just you know drink with you or, or not watch my diet i'm also saying yes to diabetes i'm also yeah. saying yes to like other things that come with being an, an, uh, an alcoholic right or not being you no know, like and i'm saying no to my goals right why because you no know, you don't have the energy to put into your business because you are all sluggish. You don- you are becoming unfulfilled with the way that you look. I- all these different things. There's a lot of the implied yeses and a lot implied no's associated uh, with our day-to-day decision making, right? Whenever we are not making decisions that are not aligned to our goal. So I definitely think that watching your no's and watching your your yeses is super, super important. And uh, it seems as though you've you definitely uh, mastered that. So I think that that's uh, incredible. I think one, well, speaking of no's and yeses, what are some, lastly, uh, in closing, before I ask you about your expert opinion on the industry, the market and things like that, uh, what are some of your daily and weekly habits that you had to create for yourself? And you have to, like, you know, I need to do this every single day. I need to do this every single week to be able to sustain the foundation of what it is that I've built.
0: Um, for the last 10 years, I've been writing uh, affirmation and goals and visions every single day. Um I've missed here and there, but you know, being very consistent with it. So I I set intentions every single day, what I'm trying to achieve and what my, you know, goals and visions and what I'm trying to where I'm trying to go in life looks like. And I think that's been really helpful for me to stick to it over this time. And um another thing is that it, it's changed a little bit right now, but I'm always uh, consuming helpful helpful information or self help or anything about business. I'm constant learning. Uh, third. Are thing you still that,
1: going to Barnes and Nobles on the weekend?
0: Yes. Well, you know, it's not as many times I used to. You know, anytime I feel lost, you know, trying to go a direction, I don't know which direction to go, and I feel like you know, scanning through books and God is gonna put that answer in front of me. Still do that, but not as often. Right now, I do a lot of book summaries. I really enjoy doing it. You know, I I read what other people learned from that book. And I, you know, it helps me to like maybe read like two books in a night. But just the summaries, the important parts. And I, I really enjoy doing it. It's actually a little hobby for me that I do before going to bed. Education has been very important to me. Writing my goals and, you know, specifically what I want to do and what I want. Visualizing it, it's been like really helpful, obviously praying for it, uh, being very consistent with that. Um, uh, Also learning about compound effect, you know, just not understanding that, right. you know, when I invested in real estate, I have 45 rentals, but we still didn't own a home.
1: You right. know,
0: we I still drove the same car that I was driving when I didn't have any money because I knew... If I keep putting back into it, the compound effect is gonna add up. And at some point it's just gonna be a snowball going down the hill because I'm keep pushing it, but I was keep putting more fuel on this system or on this portfolio instead of just trying to take from it. So this understanding that really helped me because I keep putting the in the income I was generating, I keep putting money into investment over and over and over and over again. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, this guy didn't look like he had, you know, he had that big of a portfolio because yes, because I sacrificed the the instant results for a, you know, long-term compound effect on my portfolio, but it took it five years to be, I can enjoy the fruits. It's just like a baby. You can't just, you can expect a baby feeding you, you have to invest in the baby to learning in growing it and over time when the baby grows and now the baby could be a help in your life. Right. It's not a baby anymore. I,
1: I want to speak on that, bro, because now my question to this, on this topic, right. Of delayed gratification. There's an element of financial, good financial stewardship going on here that allowed you to be able to be in this position. This is not uncommon for people who were not born and raised in the United States. Yes, there are people who in that, you know, are you know, part of the Western culture, born and raised here, that are able to get it, right? But the masses are very much consumers, uh, take on the lifestyle of immediate gratification. I have to have the best of this, have to have the best of that, right? Um, which is essentially eating and wearing their wealth. Were you raised that way? Like, how did you take on this mindset? I got the money now. I'm gonna buy the Lambo now. You because you probably you've been talking about a, it was a before it was a Lambo, it was a Porsche, mm-hmm. and you been talking about the Porsche like a, for a long time. Like, where like you said, nah, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna, in the Hyundai. I'm gonna keep the Hyundai. I'm gonna keep mm-hmm. the Hyundai. But you were talking about Porsches, like I'm like, go just buy the Porsche 2019. Yeah, yeah, right. And so uh, was this a cultural? Were you just raised this way to be able to you know logically? Understand why you should deny gratification and invest in yourself for the whole compound um, effect, or what? Like, how'd you learn that?
0: You know, a lot of people get rich, right? And then the crypto, whatever, e com, they, they get rich, right? But then they take the money that they generated, then they invest it on luxuries or stuff that they're interested in doing, like traveling or whatever that makes them happy, right? But I think the smart way would be is what I did. I took all that money and I bought assets. And I said, well, now that money is growing as inflation is going up, growing with appreciation. And then I'm also getting tax credit on my active income. So I can then make a couple million dollars and then have this real estate portfolio offset the taxes that I have to pay because of depreciation. And then at the same time, the tenant is paying down my loan. Great. And on top of that, I'm generating income. Now I can take that income that my money is producing, the money still being there and growing, and I can invest that into luxuries. So before I buy any cars that I wanted, I spend the same amount of cash. And when I bought a real estate for it, and then i borrowed the money to get the car then i have the real estate pay off the car now then my money for the car is going to stay there my rental property is going to pay off the car the car is going to hold some value and when the car is paid off i'm still going to have the income from that real estate plus more because of appreciation plus i'm getting tax benefit plus i buy the car in some type uh, using some type business way i can write the ink uh, the expenses for a car as a tax write-off too because i'm using it in uh, marketing or commercial or yeah i saw that you had a nice commercial the other day that was a nice commercial you did (laughs) so stuff like that that i'm uh i I try to do so anything i want to buy luxury except traveling and food that's something me and my wife we do not go cheap on that you know we when we take trips we really take trips you know we go to Hawaii stay 20 days or 14 to 20 days. And we just really just relax and have fun when it comes to food. uh, You know, we spend on a lot of money on really quality ingredients and we spend a lot of money on eating really quality food. The only thing I, I do I believe it's not good. It's just uh, energy drinks but, or coffee. But she doesn't do that. She never drinks any type of caffeine drinks. She just does green tea. Um, And when it comes to quality food, she makes everything from scratch. We never use any preserved type of sauce or anything like that we buy that is non-organic or, you know, any type of. You know, it just messed with. You know, it's just right. Everything is hundred percent organic and made from scratch, and our home cooked foods are hundred percent made from scratch. Of course, you've already mentioned Dan Hardy a lot with the compound effect.
1: Uh, but what are some other um books that you really enjoy and that have really stood out to you, uh, books and maybe quotes, right? That you've adopted. You know, these concepts or principles in these books. Or a wisdom from these quotes and apply it to your life. What are some things that that stand out to you?
0: Um, as far as books, um, I like. I'm gonna pull out my library so I can tell you. Oh, uh, there is one book I forgot to tell you the first time, called "The Courage to Be Disliked." Okay, it's a book that you need to listen to or read it twice, but I really like it. Yeah, no, I've read it. I've read it on the audio book. I need to probably go back and and uh it, and read it it took me twice to really get it you know i can obviously i it, that's just me but in the first time i listened to it but second time just it, it was more it was it just connected with it more uh, i told you about the voice of knowledge you know we learn some things the knowledge or the voice in our head that's always telling us you're not good enough you're you're not going to make it it just tells you hey you need to unlearn that now, in another book, calls it the monkey mind. It's the monkey in your head that keeps doing this every time you're trying to take a step forward and make a change in your life because you're designed to, uh, your mind is designed to protect you. So a voice of knowledge or the monkey mind, same concept, but one is more psychology. This one is more like philosophy. Um, if you want to read the book about being a man and just stuff like that this is also philosophy the meditations or meditations that's really good one of my favorite books of all time is the breaking the habit of being yourself basically saying hey everything is interior in, inside you if you mm-hmm. happiness or anything comes from exterior um that's where you end up just always chasing it high you know i want to have be around the friends then i'm happy i want to have the car then i'm happy i'm going to close this deal then i'm happy it's not like that that you should have peace and happiness and being content from inside and you can do that by observing your daily because 40 percent of what you do is habit so one day and sit on observe your thoughts there's so many thoughts that passes your mind that influence your life you're not even paying attention to so basically this one tells you how to clear those thoughts and then focus from inside by doing meditations and other strategies that he says. Right. Um, Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Uh, on the real estate side, uh, simple books, the book, of, book on rental properties or the book on rental property investing by Brandon Turner. Very simple book. Uh, on a sales side, if you want to read a sales book, Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone. uh Fanatical Prospecting, very good book, and New Sales Simplified. These are sales books that I've been listening to for a long time. You said New Sales yeah. Simplified? New Sales Simplified, but I really like Fanatical Prospecting. Um, commercial Real Estate book, Crossing Eating Apartments and Commercial Real Estate. Um, that's really good. Um, another sales book kind of sales book is the closer survival guide by grant cardone i've listened to that many times um yeah these are my more technical real estate books raising private capital that's a good book Uh, apartment syndication by joel fairless um and I got two other books, which is on this other phone that I'm listening to, but just they're all about financing and raising capital and building crowdfunding platforms and stuff like that. Is that your ultimate goal? I, this is, it's something I always wanted to do, but not at a uh, syndication level, or when I say crowdfunding, not at a... um. um at a credited investor level, like people who can chip in like a million dollar minimum. Right. So I would so have you, 10 people with a million dollars each, instead of having a thousand people with like $10,000 each. Right. And you more so looking to
1: you know, bring the deal to the, to the table, oversee the acquisition and disposition and, um, value add and things like that. Right. And then take yeah. using their money. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so basically we put like 10 people at a million. We create like a private equity, you could call it, or hedge fund, whatever you can call it. And then we leverage that money to buy like hundred million dollar assets that they have major loan pay down, major income, and you could have it on site manager. You could have a full time employees just working on that one property. Um, so that's the that's where we want to go and I'm um, slowly dropping hints as I go putting a seed in people's mind Uh, you know we're creating a capital company you know going from a day-to-day investor to like you know a a fund manager that you know we so we can acquire larger properties with syndications usually whoever manages the general partners usually total own 30% off the deal right which in that 30%, then there's a contractor, there's a guy that brings the EMD, there's the acquisition guy, and there is like the property manager, all are in that 30%. So you might end up only 5% of, you know, 200 units. I don't want to go that option. I wanted to be more like two guys on one deal, like we're the 50%, they're the 50%, or we own 70%, the investors own 30% and still have good returns. So I don't want to do a lot of deals with small percentage of ownership. I want to do very few deals, one or two big 10 to $100 million deals that we have like 80 to 90% or 70 to 80% ownership. And and our investors, private investors own the rest while they trust us trust us to double and triple the value of the property over three to five years nice nice
1: nice awesome man
0: one thing i um i
1: said before and i'll tell you again i think that a big thing that a lot of people that find themselves having a lot of accomplishments under their their belt i find that these people are, uh, are givers right and i don't know if you knew it or not but you you are a giver Right. And you also have given a lot of people, including myself, an opportunity to come and be exposed, come into rooms and uh, see things that they may have not been able to see before due to their own merit, their own hard work or what have you. And I know like just reflecting there was times like we had like the red circle, uh, no red panel, some dialer, right, the systems that you know, allow myself to have access to and allow me to be able to go and be exposed to these things so now i have these things for myself and i give my system my prop streams my you know whatever software access to other people and i do these things and allow them to have access because it was done for me you mm-hmm. know uh so again i'm not surprised that you are where you are you know uh, i Make think it you know if you nice. help a lot of people enough people get to where they want to go by default, you'll get to where you want to go. So I want to publicly say thank you for just always, you no, know, being someone that is willing to help out and no, uh, help lift somebody that's trying to go somewhere.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I um, I always appreciate you. I appreciate you staying in contact. You know, I always enjoyed. You know, you you always had God in your life. And one thing I really respect about you, um. You're really polite, well-spoken, uh, well-dressed. I, I see your consistency with everything, and you know, I, and I always respect that, you know, just just uh, you're a very well-put-together person. You know, I, this is someone that I can I can trust just because the way you carry yourself says a lot about you and who you are. So I, that's, uh, that's a big thing for me that I really like about you.
1: No, I appreciate it, bro. I think, like yourself, when it comes to business and life, Overall, you know, it's something rehearsed. It's something that you've been intentionally doing and planning, you know, and trying to do, you know, and I can, I've always been intentional about what I do, what I don't do, what I wear, what I don't wear. It's what, how I smell even, right? Because yeah, all of that matters. Um, and before people know you, all they know is what they see. And uh, what comes out of your mouth is just a reflection of what's on your heart right? In and, and, and my opinion, and, um, and well, not my opinion, the Bible and Proverbs says that. So yeah, man, I'll be, I just be trying to walk it out, man. But also, man, I definitely, definitely appreciate that. Appreciate you taking the time out to be able to speak with me today. You have any closing comments, any shout outs that you want to put out there before we uh, get out of here?
0: Sure. A couple of things, real estate related. You make money in real estate when you buy, not when you sell. Uh, and if you're new in real estate and you just trying to learn, make sure you surround yourself with, you know, other investors that are actively closing deals in your market and provide some value to their business. Go the extra mile, and but get yourself around them and get their help because they're the one actually doing what you're trying to do in the market. And they're not just coaches or they're not just training. They're actively closing deals. Uh, that's very important. And again, have some uh intention when it comes to your business or you're living your life. Uh, and set your goals and have your vision so you don't just change direction all the time. You stay focused, you stay on track, and then trust God with the decisions that you make because you know those are the right decisions based on that plan that you have for your life. That's very important. I'm sure you can succeed by following the steps. Um, and that's about it. I just again I wanna thank you for your time and And I just want to give uh, one last time, say, you know, everything that I do and I have, it's uh, because of God. And, you know, I'm God made. I'm not self made.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, I can't ignore or close my eyes in his presence in my life and the way that he's putting me in certain directions or in certain rooms or in, in contact with certain people that completely changed my life and I'm grateful for all the blessings that he has provided for me. And, uh, I I'm excited for the future to see what he has. And, you know, he has planned for me and my family.
1: Indeed, man, you are a great example of a co laborer uh, with God, you know, you doing your part and God going above and beyond to, you know, uh, make sure that when you take your ne- next step that you have, um, that you're walking into something, right? And you have you have ground to 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 walk on, you know, because a lot of this is walking in faith and walking on water, right? You know, really, you know, um, a lot of we are walking miracles from where we come from. I mean, again, going from two hundred and eighty dollars to seventeen million is evidence of God, hundred percent evidence of God, man. Amen. That's that. That's going to be the title of this, of this podcast, by the way, and my thumbnail for sure. Uh, <laughs> $280 to $17 million with Mahan and Devon Real Estate Group, man. So um, awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, good people. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you take these pearls, you regurgitate them, and you apply them, uh, these words, these wisdoms, these gems, these, this uh, insight to your life. Remember, put God first, and, you know, you do, do your part, and he's going to do the
0: rest. All right? Hundred percent. All right. It was good talking to you. Talk to you later.